guys, this is Jan and Max from the Stack Investment Club podcast. We're here to talk to you about the Bloomberg Trading Challenge, and we're also going to give you some uh, some analysis about the risk, stock pitching, technical analysis, and maybe possible portfolio adjustments. Max, thank you so much for inviting me today. Um, we are going to speak mainly also about what was our experience and how did we uh, try to adjust and compete with, with all the other schools, which is quite hard. And I wanted to introduce the challenge and explain them specifics about uh, how we put in the trades, what is it, what do we see. Yeah, of course. So the Bloomberg Trading Challenge is a competition of uh, over 1,000 schools, clubs, organizations just like ours that are trying to get the best relative profit and loss uh, against the Bloomberg WLS benchmark. We are right now around the 300 mark position, um, but we have to note that we were also at number 30 to 60 before. So we have uh, slid a bit. Other teams have done a better, you know, better stock picks, better trading. Nevertheless, I think we can end up being somewhere around the num number 100 position. Jan, can you tell us about the general strategy of ours? Uh, of course. So our first approach was actually quite conservative. We wanted to stay on top of, uh, at least on the top 500, staying there, trying to compete with, with the other schools and not being too far away from the benchmark. At the moment, we are outperforming the benchmark by, by 1.5%. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a quite a good result because at the end, our, our return in the last two weeks has been of more than 5%. Um, and our goal right now is trying to climb the ladder, try to get on top of, of that uh, first 100 teams. And that for what we are going to play with is mostly with our weights. At the moment, we are mainly into oil and gas. And I think that's actually what has given us uh, quite good results because even even it is based on the relative PL, which means that we compete with the index um, in each different segment. We still had very good stock picks within within oil and gas because we try to focus on small cap instead of large cap, and small cap was very sensible to to the market rally. So we actually were gaining more than the benchmark. And that's one of our biggest successes in during the during the challenge. Um, furthermore, we know it is very short term. Like we, how much, how much, how much time do we have from the beginning to the end? Around two and a half months. Like two and a half months. So actually, we we have to jump into those type of trends. We have to be um, involved, and that's why we decided to go into oil and gas. But at the same time, uh, we realized we actually could try to find which which other companies were outperforming in the industry and actually could be uh, rallying in the, in, the, in the last quarter of the year. And, and Max, I think you are the best one probably to speak about how, to, how, do we, how do we deal with risk, what is our strategy and what is our goals in the, in the next weeks. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, you kind of touched upon that. Um, at first, we tried to pick mainly large cap stocks focused in the energy sector because we thought that stocks in the energy sector would uh, would give us a good P&L. Nevertheless, we didn't really understand the challenge well at first, right? So um, we thought it would that it was about absolute P&L and not P&L relative to the benchmark so in every sector, in every industry. So we actually got a very, very nice 
uh, PNL, and we were actually one of the top teams, but not relatively speaking. So now, um, what we're trying to do, we're trying to uh, pick smaller cap stocks that, as you said, are more sensible um, to market movements. Obviously, on the upside and also on the downside. Um, so yeah, we're trying to ride the current trend right now that you know that that the market has kind of bottomed, although I don't think it is. Um, but like you said, it's it's short term. So we're trying to create the maximum relative PL in the short term. So um, w- going forward, how would you do the stock picking, the allocation? Okay, yeah, like we have we had like, quite a lot of discussions about this and uh, we actually argued every now and then about the about the allocation of our portfolio because we not only have to pick the right industry, it's about picking the right stocks and that the stocks perform better than the benchmark. So um, whenever we went for it, we actually started by having s- actually quite a static criteria. Like we chose like having this profit margin, this revenue growth, um, at the same time that the operating income is less, uh, is more than X. And it was like quite static. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, after the first week, we had a good result. But we, we felt like the ones that were pushing us, uh, pushing us back were actually this large cap stocks, what we've been uh, speaking about. So we decided to uh, remove our positions from the from the from the large cap stocks, move into small cap uh, small cap in oil and gas, and then go into value stocks and stocks that could and have demonstrated in the past a cyclical behavior in the last quarter mm-hmm. um, in other industries. And I think that was actually a good way of approaching approaching the challenge because it actually gives us exposure to other other type of of industries. At the moment, we are mainly in oil and gas with close to 65% um, and the rest is diversified between uh, most industries. I think um, one of our biggest bets is also consumer cyclical and uh, consumer staples. Nevertheless, we still are trying to figure out if we want to keep the the allocation the same way or we actually want to decrease the weights and uh, increase the amount of cash so we like Instead of having so many in this, uh, so many companies, maybe having less companies, but uh, giving them more weight. So in case of having a big move, it's actually a big result for us in the portfolio. And even I think it was it was it was you. You were the one uh, that was in charge mostly of about technical analysis. So I think that's a topic uh, you have to describe because that's that's your talent. I mean, my talent. It's it's technical analysis is just as much as science as is uh, an art, right? So you're trying to identify certain trends, you're trying to find the heads, the shoulders, you're trying to play with the volume, you're trying to see the moving averages of the last week or last three days. It's really not something you can uh, quantify. You cannot justify those things every time. But there are ways where you can see a trend where you can see trends and you can jump in on those trends, uh, specifically when we're doing a trading challenge that is short term like this, right? So what I've been trying to uh, do with the technical analysis for this challenge is to look for trends. This is called swing trading, right? When you see um, breaking of the trend with an increased volume, that's generally, generally where you buy. The same goes with the downside. 
So that's basically what, what I've been doing. Also, um, you compare it with stock buybacks, you, you compare it with uh, positive uh, media attention when, you know, when the media writes well about a certain company and you see increased volume and you see a break of trend, that's generally when you buy. But there's certainly not a certain way where you can consistently outperform the market uh, doing technical analysis if you're not some kind of guru who spends you know over five hours behind the computer no, but, but even yeah. definitely I think uh, it's it's what you're saying it's uh, the challenge is so short term you have to be even on top of behavioral finance on top yeah. of what the market is is yeah. feeling the sentiment and 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 being able to actually get some return from from those analysis. And, uh, and also, let's let's think about the name of this challenge. It's called the Bloomberg Trading Challenge, right? It's not called the Bloomberg Investment Challenge. So, I mean, that already gives it away what other teams are doing as well. Like, the other teams could have, <coughs> sorry, had five very lucky picks that, have, that, that did 150%, right? And they could have allocated 20% of their uh, portfolio into this. This doesn't mean that they will outperform us every single time, because this, you know, if if this would be easy to do, everybody would be doing it. Um, now, actually, talking about swing trading, there's this phenomenon called the Santa Claus rally, right? This is the the f- phenomenon talks about people, um, consumers spending more during the holiday season because you know they're buying gifts for their children they're spending more on gas because they have to drive everywhere they're obviously heating their homes because it's <coughs> getting cold um do you have one stock pick that has been in this santa claus rally consistently i actually have a, a very clear stock pick about it like i was i'm i'm somebody who th- really thinks that revenue and um the sa- sales can actually drive the value of a stock and the price and my stock pick i hope it doesn't let me down is probably N- nintendo nintendo since they had the the release of the nintendo switch in i think it was in 2016 2017 they had actually a very big rally every year revenue was growing by more than 50% over uh, over the over the same year over the same quarter and this is actually something I think could push the price of the stock up during this last quarter. And we're actually invested into Nintendo. Um, I hope in the next month I can still stick to my stock pick. But let's see what happens. Do you have any any stock pick you think is going to be strong in this last quarter? So actually, <clears throat> I said uh, Amazon before, where Amazon didn't work out that well. <laughs> but... But yeah, I, I actually you, you introduced Nintendo to me. I, I, I like I like the stock. Um, generally, I would I don't have a single stock like Nintendo that I would point out, but I would definitely go on with the with the energy play because it's getting cold. You know, people are going to have to heat their homes, homes, especially in Europe. People are people are very very uh, in need of gas because most of the homes are still powered on gas there um so i think that will you know <laughs> drive the prices higher yeah no definitely and even with with the restrictions to russian gas that's going to be a big problem and a big issue to to solve for for the european market and solve for the for the european countries yeah for sure um so seeing our portfolio right now uh, we have our portfolio in front of us um do you see any possible adjustments 
that we have to make? I think right now, as we have, we are close to the middle of the challenge and we are close um, to being able to actually see in what position we're going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we really want to go that next next step and be able to get into that top 100, we should actually assume more risk. Mm-hmm. Even like at the moment, I think our stock portfolio is on 31, uh, 31 picks, uh, 31 longs. And, and I think if we reduce the number of picks we have, I think the minimum is five because we need to have like in the like the most we can invest into into one single stock is twenty percent. Yeah. Um. So if we are able to reduce the amount of money we have in each in each stock, and we get some more risk from some good picks, imagine like we track some some corporate actions and we see that a company is gonna buy back fifteen or twenty or twenty five percent of its stock. Probably jumping into those trends gives us a big return in a very short team, uh, period of time, or maybe. Imagine an acquisition, like having jumped into into Twitter just before Musk bought Twitter. Um, probably that would have given us like a big return. But um, I think that's what we need to play around with the ways, play around with how we assume risk. Um, I I know I'm probably the the worst one to speak about risk because um, as a as a as an investor I always try to avoid risk. Um, nevertheless, Max is probably you're probably the, the other way around. Like you like to assume risk, you like to jump into those new companies with uh, with a lot of future expectations. Yeah, look the way I see <clears throat> the market, <clears throat> especially for somebody who is a young investor, is just that you have a lot of time, right? And I rather have three losing stocks and eight winning stocks than having, you know, 10 winning stocks. But in total, they give me less return uh, on investment um, since I have so much time. That's the only reason why I like to assume more risk at the moment. Um, because, you know, I still have 20, 30 years before I re- really need the money, right, from, from my portfolio. And I think, you know, once you get older, you kind of start to get into more safe investments. At least that's my strategy. Um, Now, as you said, for the trading challenge, we don't have that much time. (laughs) And we just want to be the one with the best return, the best relative return. Um, So that means that we would have to get into, you know, some more risky positions. Now, you're talking about Elon Musk. Just a quick side note, uh, do you think he's going to buy any other uh, companies? you think he's going to buy Meta out? <laughs> I have to say, with I think it's he's he's some of these persons that you don't really know what he's going to do. Like, he could do whatever. Like, he's doing SpaceX, he's doing Tesla, uh, he's driving Tesla stock, like, to, like, he's driving Tesla stock up to a price that... <laughs> I don't know if it's really the fair price of the stock. And afterwards, then he decides to jump on Twitter and buy buy out Twitter. Like, I don't really know. They probably could buy Meta. They could buy so many different things. But at the same time, maybe next next week, um, he's buying something in a completely different industry. Um, So I don't really, I I can't do a bet on on Elon. He's he's completely different. What what are your thoughts? Oh man, I love this guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, look, this guy is uh, really disrupting the the industry you know like mostly the i mean from the past the the investment industry has been or the you know the the car industry has been relatively old you know it has been traditional um people don't didn't really like to talk about you know these 
edgy things. And he really came in and he just didn't care. And he still doesn't care. I mean, that's that's the the, the message he sends out to us um, or to the people. Even and with, sorry, uh, with Elon, I have the feeling like it's the it's the rock star effect. Like he, yes. within the industry, he is the star. Like I don't even, every now and then, I don't really know what is actually driving the price of Tesla. Is it Elon or is it Tesla? Um, because if there's would be a completely different CEO, the price wouldn't be that high. I'm I'm completely sure about it. And and he's the one showing showing a like being in, on stage and actually showing what yeah. Tesla could be could do. And he goes to these conferences and and it looks like Tesla is ready to do whatever, like whatever the customer needs, Tesla would do it. Oh yes, I mean there's also so many business aspects of Tesla that people don't actually know about. I mean, large part of their, uh, or a part of their revenue are are not even cars. It's it's just uh, data collection of you know those the the data that they collect on a day to day basis. And I mean, looking into the future, I certainly believe that, for example, we're going to have self driving cars, and we're going to have cars that are you know <laughs> much safer than that we have right now. I mean, the whole industry is moving into more, uh, you know, EV space. Um, nevertheless, that's not the goal of our training challenge. <laughs> yeah. That it's short term. We don't actually hold Tesla at the moment, right? No, we actually don't. Uh, I think we are in the car industry. We have Volvo, which is performing great. Yeah. Um, we also jumped into General Motors. Uh, we jumped into Porsche, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what and into Ferrari. That's the cars. Uh, like the, that's the car companies we have at the moment. Volvo is the, our best performer. Um, it's performing, I think, four percent over the relative PNL, and our worst performer at the moment is is Porsche, which we actually paused this week. Um, uh, one of one of our biggest problems was actually after rebalancing our portfolio, we were too many days on a cash position. So while the market was rallying, we were in a cash position and actually jumped in uh, a few days before the Federal Reserve uh, rose the interest rates. So we actually even got the peer market. Um, so that was probably uh, not our best decision. Nevertheless, uh, we're going to try to uh, work on it and make it better. Oh, yes. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Guys, this is not investment advice. Uh, don't trade upon our ideas. Um, always double check. Always check the facts. Um, thank you, Jan, for being here. It was our pleasure. And uh, I hope you have a good day. Thank you so much. It's always great to chat with you. All right, guys. Bye-bye. It's showtime.